Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. He came, he opened the door, and he was screaming, come on, help me. Somebody shot my mother and father. Everyone ran out of the bar, and that was it. They all took off. No, I had to stay. I was 10 anymore. They all jumped in his car and took off. Today, police combed the DeFeo's handsome three-story house for clues while divers explored the backyard swimming pool for the still-unfound murder weapon. Police have been questioning the son, Ronald, and now say he is being, quote, safeguarded. Investigators say without explanation that they now feel young DeFeo was in the house at the time of the murders, but they're not yet considering him a suspect. We and so have forth. no suspect at this time. He's we have no indication of the motive at this time. What about Ronald uh, DeFeo, the son, the surviving son? Ronald is being safeguarded by the Suffolk County Police at this time. Why safeguarded? Why? Because the six members of the family dead, and we don't know why, and he's the sole remaining member. Do you want to have a suspect? not a suspect of this time. Few people in the neighborhood knew the family well, but those who did described them as close-knit. Well, I figured, I think they were just very sweet, very religious people, very family-minded people. And that's about all I can say. Very good, very generous, this type. They're very close with their children. There's one element in the usual mass murder story which seems to be missing from this case. There's no sense of fear in this community. No feeling of a mass murderer on the loose. People we talked to seem to feel that whatever was the motive for this crime, it had something to do with the family. It's not something that's going to return to bother anyone else. In Amityville, Long Island, Phil Barno, News Center 4. Hello, my demon insiders, and welcome back to the show. Today, I have a little special show for you. Today, we're going to be talking about the Amityville murders. Now, this is going to be a little different than what I'm used to doing, because usually what I end up doing is talking about the person, talking about the symptoms, uh, and then getting to the conclusion of what happened. With this one, it is the demon inside, but since there's been so many books, movies, podcasts, I was trying to figure out what would be different for you. So... I decided I'm going to do a little bit of investigation on this, if you'll permit me. And of course, with the demon inside, you know my investigation, where it's going. So, around 6.30 p.m. on November 13, 1974, 23-year-old DeFeo, or Butch, which we'll start calling him Butch, 
to save from confusion, Butch entered Henry's bar in Amityville, Long Island, and declared, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. So this is the first for me, because most people don't know if somebody's been shot, stabbed, beaten. You know, most people just see blood and they freak and just say, my family's hurt, my family's dead, or whatever. DeFeo, Butch, and a small group of people went to 112 Ocean Avenue, which was located near the bar, and found that DeFeo's parents, Butch's parents, were dead inside the house. So a lot of people have been asking the question of why would he go to the bar instead of going to the police department or calling the police. Well, you got to remember, this is 1974. Uh, there were no cell phones. There were no pagers. There was really no way to contact anybody but through a landline. And if this guy um, was freaked out enough, he could have ran to his neighbors. He could have ran down the street. He could have gone to somebody else's house. But for him to go to the bar is either that he was comfortable with that or he wanted people to go in and maybe mess up the crime scene because there was a lot of drunk people that were at the bar that went into the uh, house. So one of the group, uh, Butch's friend, Joe Yuswit, made an emergency call to the Suffolk County Police Department. So Butch did not make the call. It was his friend, Joe Yoswet. They searched the house and found that six members of the family were dead in their beds. So the way I heard it, was that when the friends got there, they went into the first bedroom and saw that his parents were dead. They came out and they were talking to Butch and Butch says, "My the rest of my family I think is still in there. So nobody, went, I don't think anybody went back in. They called the police, the police got there. The police went up and saw that the father and the mother were dead and they came back out and Butch says, you know, is my whole family did? And they said, what are you talking about? And he goes, my sisters and my brothers uh, are still in there. So they went back in and this is when they actually found everybody that was deceased. So the names of the deceased was Ronald Sr., Luis DeFeo, which was his mother, Don, who was 18, his sister. Allison, who was 13, another sister. Mark, 12, who was his brother. And John Matthew, 9. So all of the victims had been shot with the 35 caliber lever-action Marlin 336C rifle. So this is very important of what rifle was used. And around 3 o'clock in the morning of that day, that's when they, the bodies were deceased. The DeFeo, found, the DeFeo parents had both been shot twice 
while the children all were shot one time. So here's the other thing is that at the beginning of this, everybody thought that the rifle was the only weapon used. So here we go with years later, people are st starting to say that Luis DeFeo was actually shot with the Marlin rifle, but also with the 38 Special. There's actually been a show about it uh, and this other um, podcasters and interviewers and things like that. So they've been making a big deal saying that in order for Butch to have gone around and killed his whole family, he would have needed help. So being that there was a second weapon proves that there was somebody else there in the house. But I have a theory about this and that's what we're gonna get into here in a minute. So now here's another thing. All the DeFeos were laying face down with their stomachs on the bed. None of them woke up to any of the shots. Now this is incredible in itself. So a Marlin 35 caliber is very, very loud. And for him to shoot his father twice his mother once with the Marlin, then go to his sister's bedroom, shoot her once, go to the brother's bedroom, shoot both of them once each, and then go to the third floor where Dawn was asleep, which is the oldest sister, shoot her, and nobody woke up. So let me, let me explain about this Marlin rifle. It's a lever action rifle. So this is the sound that it would make. Now we're talking about this action rifle clicking, shooting. So imagine that hitting the dad twice. Click, click, boom. Click, click, boom. Hitting the mom once. Click, click, boom. You would have thought that by the time he levered the bullets into the chamber, the mother would have heard and tried to get up. So now they're saying that she might have woken up, but he was fast on the draw. Shot, shot her once. Then he goes to the kids' bedrooms, shoots the little sister and the two brothers, and none of them were awake at the time. None of them. People didn't even hear the Marlin rifle shooting around the neighborhood. All they heard was the dog barking. So how is that possible? There was no silencer on the weapon. There was no way he could lower the volume. So he goes and shoots both sisters in the face, shoots both brothers in the back, shoots his dad twice in the back, and shoots his mother once in the back. Now, let me go back to that 38. The way I see it is he went, shot everybody, came back down the stairs, and back down the stairs, you're, you have a clear shot of looking into the bedroom of where your parents, his parents were. And I think he thought that in the dark, maybe she was still alive, maybe she had moved, or maybe it was something, 
So he took out the 38 and shot her from his holster, which would later be found along with the Marlin rifle in a, in a, um, down at the end of the pier in the water. So here's another thing. It took him 15 minutes to finish killing everybody. 15 minutes. That's a long time. 15. Nobody got up. Nobody ran for help. Nobody was screaming. Nobody heard anything. The neighbors didn't hear anything. So how is that possible? So when Butch was arrested, we'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Demon Inside. Because it didn't take long for the police to figure out that Butch had killed them all. I mean, it, it was obvious. So here are other stories that have been coming out that Butch was married and he was living somewhere else at the time and that his mother called him to come and uh, help his sister and his dad fix an argument that they were having. So here's my thing. The mother's gonna call Butch, who people around the neighborhood have said that Butch and his father, Ronald Sr., were always fighting. This was a 23-year-old man who was still living at home with mom and dad. He was given everything he wanted. He was given a car. He was given a boat. He was given money uh, on a weekly basis. He had a job at his grandfather's dealership along with his dad. Uh, they, everybody's saying that these guys were tied into the mafia. The mother of Butch, Luis DeFeo, her father was in the Mafia. And I don't know how the Mafia works, but usually they don't just allow anybody into the Mafia. Uh, you have to have certain things, and the DeFeos, yes, they were high up there with their business and everything, but here's the thing. Their youngest daughter, Allison, would play with the police chief's daughter now if it was me and I was a police officer and I knew these people were bad these people were horrible people why would I allow my kids to play with their kids so for me the angle of mobster and mafia it doesn't work for me I do believe that her father was in the mafia but which is a fact but I don't think that Butch Sr. or that uh, Ronnie Sr. or Butch were ever in the Mafia. And I think Butch is the type of person that would probably brag about it too much to the point where the Mafia would not even recognize him as anything. Because he would be that type of person that was blabbing to everybody that he was part of the Mafia. So with that being said... Butch decided to blame uh, Louis Fellini, who's a mobster hitman. 
And here, here's the, here's another part of this that I enjoyed. Uh, everybody was saying that uh, this might have been, like I said, a mob hit. Now, for a mob hit to happen, they would have needed, and for, mind you, if this was a mob hit and nobody got up out of their bed and everybody was asleep, face down, you would have needed about six people at least. And everybody would have had to fire at the same time with a Marlin rifle. With the same Marlin rifle. So that's gone. You would have needed people to hold them down while they shot at them. That's not the case. None of the people woke up. So because of that, and because Louis Fellini had an alibi, they started thinking, well, maybe he drugged everybody. He did not drug anybody because they did a, an autopsy and they ran for the drugs and there was nothing in their system. They even ran their organs, which was going even a little bit further than they usually did. And there was nothing in the organs to say that they were drugged in any way. So, give it that Butch came out and said that it was a mob hit, which the police believed at first because they actually put him in hiding because they didn't want anybody to try to take him out. Then he said it was Fellini, who actually was on a trip away, and he had an alibi. And this is what I'm thinking, that the grandfather, uh, which was Luis's dad, who was actually in the mafia, called Fellini and said, hey, you need to get down here, because Fellini actually went to the police station on his own and, I guess, cut whatever trip he was on short so that he could come and clear his name on it. Uh, so... When that happened, Butch had no other way to get out of it. So Butch, you know, at that time... Now, here's where people vary, okay? Because first he said it was Fellini. And that's why the police were kind of, okay, we need to put you in hiding. But then he came out and said that it was a black spirit with a robe on with black hands. They handed him the weapon. He says that when he started shooting, he couldn't stop. He said it went by so fast. And that's a fact. He said that from that part on. So when that happened, of course, nobody believed him. But he did fess up to the killings. It doesn't matter how you fess up to the killings, according to police, as long as you fess up that you were there and you shot at people. So now Butch is looking for a way out. Of course, he blames his sister, Dawn, who said that Dawn had killed his family. Actually, first he said his mom killed the family, and he killed his mom in self-defense. Then he said his sister, Dawn, killed the family, then he said that he and Don were having an argument and that he went and got the gun, the rifle, and told her, go ahead, kill them. And that she was like, what am I supposed to do with this? He said, you just, you know, go do what you got to do. And then he says that he got upset that she wouldn't do it. 
and he went and shot his father and his mother and then he gave her the the gun and he was like there it's done you're free of them we're free of them and then he left and he said don't do anything don't touch anything but this is Butch's way of trying to hide the fact that he killed children, especially in prison, because people don't take lightly to that. And for the forensic evidence and everything, there is really no evidence that Don uh, had any kind of anything to do with this. They said that there was unspent um, powder from the gun. Uh, but, I mean, that's possible with anything. You fire a gun, not every little bit of uh, residue is going to be spent. You know, it's kind of like when you uh, pop fireworks. Sometimes, you know, the string of fireworks starts popping and it, you know, you get a couple that didn't pop. So I'm not saying that the bullets didn't pop, but what I am saying is that some of the powder doesn't burn because it ejects so fast. So it could have ejected onto her nightgown. But she was in bed the whole time and shot in the face. And they don't believe that she was awake at the time either. So with all this being said, and I know that I'm getting close to running out of time. And I trust me, I will do an Amityville horror, but this is the Amityville murders. And I want to touch on Butch DeFeo, who I do believe was possessed. Because at that time, at night, now here's the other thing that goes into this. He was doing heroin. How are you going to go with accuracy and shoot everybody in your family accurately with one shot each? with the exception of the father and the mother, and kill them. He even said that when he killed his brother, Mark, who was actually in a wheelchair because uh, he was in a football game and he got hurt, Mark would never lay on his stomach because the injury was so bad he couldn't get comfortable. So he was face up. But... When he shot him, he was face down. So what could have possibly done that? For me, demons, they actually positioned them face down and drained them of energy. Could take one or two demons. It, I mean, it's no big deal for them. It's the house itself. So I think as these people went to sleep, they maneuvered these people over, laid them down to sleep, sucked their energy out so they couldn't wake up or hear anything and then Butch along with this dark entity went from room to room shooting his whole family because on heroin there is no way he could have shot that accurate I mean he might have got lucky once or twice but we're talking about six people and there is no way in hell. So, with all that being said, I do believe that Butch DeFeo at that moment was influenced by a demon. 
who took him room to room, shooting his family and covering up everything that Butch did that night. And as soon as he was done killing his family, he released Butch, who ended up leaving, not going anywhere except supposedly to his, because now there's stories about going to his girlfriend's, going whatever. He went to his work, which he was there at six in the morning, which was a surprise to his granddad because he had never shown up early a day in his life. And he was asleep in the car, worked all day, went to the bar, stayed there a little bit, went home, came back to the bar, and that's when he told everybody that they were dead. So this demon allowed him to take the fall for what he did. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Don't forget to subscribe to The Demon Inside on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast directory or through our website, anchor.fm backslash The Demon Inside. A new episode of The Demon Inside comes out each Monday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our Demon Inside Facebook page and on Instagram. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next Monday for a new Demon Inside. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm John Venom. We'll see you next time, if I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was created and written by James Porter. It's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Key.